of it. It's nothing wrong with those things if that's what you want, but not that this has been forced on you, and this is the only opportunity you have. They should be given more options. And so hopefully all of us together will make a difference for them. This is a snapshot of the work of Kathy Cook, or as the teens of Big Ugly know her as, Casey. My first job working in a furniture factory when I was just turned 18, um, I found out what work was real easy. <laughs> I don't think it was really a furniture factory. It was more like where they made tables. And my job was to run these little pieces like this. And you had this big old piece of plywood. That's a little bitty thing. You can see me running through a buzz saw. And then they moved me from there on to another department where you had to put those metal ends on those tables. You like stick one in, one here, and then you pull this big compressor and almost got killed there. Uh, the, the middle of the table, that's the part I worked on. It was blowing up and this man grabbed me and threw me down. Uh, he ended up hurting his arm really bad. So that was the number one job. I didn't like that too good. And where was my next job? Let me think. Hmm. Probably the cotton mills in Virginia. That's another bad place. Um, well, a cotton mill has used to. It's more. It's better now. But used to, uh, they even have the windows painted and bars on the windows because a lot of times they make cloth for the government. Uh, you'd have to have a pass to get in and a pass to get out. Uh, extremely hot. Um, very hot. That's all I remember how hot it was. And they have looms, and these looms, you know, take this and they turn it into fabric, these big old, you know, and it's run off of what they call, they call it a battery hand, and you, you think car battery, but it wasn't. It was like this little thing that sit on the side of the loom, and you had these quills with all this thread on it, and you had to learn to be fast enough, and sometimes you'd have like 20 looms to keep filled with this, and you'd have to be fast enough so you could get them all and get back to the first one before the cloth. Well, I made it. I did it. I qualified. Uh, in about a week's time, uh, I did that. Um, then uh, I went from there to the weave department. You know, you went in different departments, but I hated it. Oh, my God. It was horrible, but you would go home and you'd be so blue. I mean, actually blew up your nose and your hair. Uh, I did not like that job too good. So that was one that was really, I mean, it was just, it's so loud. I mean, it was just like even if you wore uh the earplugs and then the battery thing you had to push that had the um the, the thread in it was bigger than i was and you'd have to push them up a ramp and i remember one particular time i was trying to go up a ramp and it went off i was jumping up and down i was throwing a fit and this guy comes by and he picks it up and he helps me and i'm just going on i'm kind of find out he's one of the big bosses so i really but they didn't do anything to me but he probably figured out he said how about you weigh anyway i could have got over in it you know and and did it but uh and then so once i did do a certain cloth for the government. I did that once, and uh, someone had put the wrong color of um, a thread in it, and it was, you know, it was it was roped off, so everyone knew that it was this was very special cloth. And I happened to notice that they had put the wrong color, and it would have ruined. I don't know how I many. It probably would have cost them a fortune. And I went and got the supervisor and shut it down. And then from then on, I was in charge. Of it. I should have just kept my mouth shut and just left it alone, you know, because that was really nerve wracking. You know, because it wasn't only your shift, there was other shifts that came in after you left. And what if they messed it up? You know, it was...
Yeah, let me see what else have I done. Goodness. Nobody's ever asked me that. I've done so much. I've worked in a doctor's office. I, I was a nanny for a um, long time. And then I moved on to, I taught school one thing. I was a youth minister for me. I worked in, in schools. I worked in a psychiatrist's office for quite some time. I worked time. in restaurants, which is really hard work. Own my own business for a while. It was restaurant. And uh, I guess you could tell that by the way I cook. Something's going on. I always cook all this, you know, because, you know, you kind of get used to that. Now, that's a pain, too. It's not the pain with you, it's the pain if everybody don't show up for work, and then you've got to step in, and um, just like I said, when I used to make people manager, that only meant you was going to work harder, you know. <laughs> I've done quite a few jobs, but my favorite, I would have to say, was working with kids. I worked with teens, like I said, in the ministry, in the youth ministry, which I really, that out of all my jobs, that's, that's been my favorite. And I say, I feel guilty because when they say, uh, what kind of job, I don't call it a job. I mean, I love what I did. I still love what I do working with these kids, even though I'm not a visitor. That don't matter. They still come and visit me. They call me and, you know, we try to give each other advice. And, um, but I just loved it so much. I said, it's not a job. You know, to me, it's a job, something you work really hard at, but this just comes so easy. Um, and we just, uh, like I said, though, it took a while to, for them to trust me. And I think the problem with that was there had been so many people coming in, in and out of those doors. There had never been any bonding, you know, between the kids, and they were afraid. But God, Casey's been around forever now. I bet you I've been seven, eight years, nine years. I told him I wouldn't leave him. I said, no matter where I go, I'm a phone way, you know, just a phone call away. And if you want to call, you call. I mean, I'm never too busy. And their parents, I've got it one-on-one -on -one with their parents, too. The, their parents know me. And, um... They know those kids are in good hands, I promised them. Because I know with my own kids, you know, I would worry. And uh, I'd want to know that they was with someone who really cared about them and stuff. And so I make sure the parents know. Uh, when there's things going on in their life, when the kids come to me, I'll say, if it's bad, I'm telling your parents. Now, you know that. And they know I will. I mean, if it's bad, and it, <laughs> I will. Uh, but if it's just something that they just need to talk about, that's one thing. But I say, if it's going to hurt you. You know before you tell me. It's just not going to stay here because I'm not going to let you hurt yourself. And they've learned that too. And they've come to me with bad things knowing that I would have to go elsewhere. But thank God we were able to go elsewhere and they're okay. You know, so, but I would just love to see these kids grow up and come back and bring their kids. And, you know, just keep it going. You know, I don't think, I think things change, but it doesn't have to change that much. You can still have that love and compassion I don't care where you are. I don't care where you go. Uh, okay, you know, just like I said, that compassion needs to stay. And as long as we got that, we can do anything. I know we can. That little bit of love, you know, I don't take much. I try to see them through my, you know, like through their eyes. And like I said, I had a rough time as a teen just because I was a teen. I was a good kid, but I was a teen. And uh, But when you look into their eyes, you think, that was me. And how did I feel when this, this, and this happened? And that's what I try to do. I try to go back on what I felt and how, if given the chance, that, you know, I could have really done something. You know, I could have said, here's this great idea, you know. Um, and that's what I like about working with them, you know, and to watch them grow. And to watch them pick up that diploma, you know, that to me, it's not really, I don't call it a job. I call it more like a walk, 
you know, or a mission of some type. I don't know. People say, you work? I said, yeah, I got 40 teenagers. Love every one of them. <laughs> These children were called um, at-risk children, which meant they would be at risk to get on drugs or at risk quitting school and this and that. In other words, we've had 40 more kids come through this program. They've all graduated from school. Um, a lot of them has gone off to college or we're finishing up the last now. Uh, Mary is about the last one, and she's going off to college too. But that was my goal. For myself, the goal was, you know, to show people that you can't always go on what you hear about high risk or whatever. I just think they needed that little bit extra push. Um, you can do this. Um, but that to me was the best project. And to know that they're getting a diploma and watching them walk and get that diploma, drug-free, wanting to make a change, um, wanting to do something with their life, that was my project, and I saw that. I saw that go, like I said, we're down to one, one team now. What was the name of your restaurant? J&L's. <laughs> it was, uh, my, my stepdad's name was James, and my mother's name, her middle name was Lee. So I took the J and the L and put them together. So it was J&L's restaurant. I thought that's kind of, instead of KC's, which you would have thought it would have been, nah, it's too obvious. So, you know, you got to do something different. <laughs> uh -oh. and then I worked at the local grocery store over at Fast Check for about a year. Um, it was okay. Yeah, uh, it was hard, though. That's the reason I know about get you a good job. Uh, stay in school. I said, because I've went out there and I've tried to do these jobs, and they are hard. Really, really hard. And I said, I'm not just talking. I've been there and I've done that. And um, so think about that. You know, think about what you want You know, with your future. Do you want more uh, than what your parents had? Do you want to... Uh, use that brain of yours, you know, because they have good, good. I was telling them, I said, you got amazing, and you're very, very smart, um, and make a difference. And they, sh and the kids see they can make a difference. I think we all can. It might not be a lot at first, but I think if we all put in just that little bit, it will be a lot. And that's what I would like to see here with all these kids. I want to see a difference, and I want to see them. If I could, I'd put every kid in, in, through college, but around here, a lot of times, that's, that's not an option for these kids. They're not given the option of college. They just know they're not going. So that's how come people like, you know, we do, like us here, uh, we try to, well, we do, we tell them about uh, scholarships and stuff like that and give them information um, that they can use to get into college because they'll say, you know, I'm either going into the mines or I'm getting married having children. And that's it. But that's changed. That's changed quite a bit, so... I mean, it's nothing wrong with those things if that's what you want, but not that this has been forced on you, and this is the only opportunity you have. They should be given more options. And so hopefully all of us together will make a difference for them.